0: Well, hey there, Amy Porterfield here, and welcome to another episode of the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about the content that you create for your next launch. I'm going to break it up into three stages for you, the content before your launch, during your launch, and after your launch. There are some subtle differences between the type of content in each of those stages. I'm going to give you a bunch of examples so it really makes sense. Now, while I was researching this episode, I realized, holy cow, what a difference 10 years makes, especially when we're looking at content and content marketing. Back then, I was still working with Tony Robbins. I was the director of content development, but I was working on the content that Tony would put inside his online training programs or what he would do on stage. So my team and I were working with the content that he would actually sell to his audience. Now, at the same time, the marketing copywriters would come to us and say, okay, we need some quote content for our next marketing newsletter. And we would whip up something and send it on over, and then we'd be done with that. And then we'd go back to the content that Tony would teach inside of his programs and his events. So creating content around launches was not really something that I was involved in, nor was it ever a real focus for what we were doing, let's say 10 years ago. Now, today, fast forward just a decade and content has a life of its own. It's an empire. If you really think about it, it dictates so much of what we do online. It has its own layers, its own strategies. Today, if you're not strategic about your content and your marketing, of course, then you're missing a huge piece of the online puzzle. Now, this is especially true when it comes to promotions and launching, because planning your launch without content is like making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich without the jelly. It just doesn't work. So silly analogy, I know, but it's really true. It's so important that I wanted to talk about how to plan the right content for before, during and after your next launch. Now, by the way, just to be clear here, I'm not talking about your launch content, like the video series you might create, or the topic for your launch webinar, or I'm not even talking about the content you put inside your course. I'm talking about the content that will help you nurture your prospects, keep them engaged while you're promoting, attract the right people, and continue that relationship after you've launched. That's the content I'm talking about. Also, I want to make sure that you download the freebie for this episode. It is so good. I'm going to give you a sample three-stage content marketing launch plan, and you can model this plan for your own business. I'm actually choosing one niche, and I'm drilling down so that you can see the examples of content In each of these three stages. I was really specific so that I don't just tell you what to do, but I can show you an example of how it all comes to life. Now, to get it right away, just go to amyporterfield.com forward slash 136download because this is episode 136. So amyporterfield.com forward slash 136download, or you can just text the phrase 136download to the number 33444. Again, it's a really good show and tell kind of freebie so that you can really understand what content goes into each of the stages. I definitely want you to grab it. My brand voice guide is my business's North Star when it comes to keeping all my business content and marketing content clear, consistent, and inviting. So go to amyporterfield.com forward slash voice guide to grab your copy of the brand voice guide outline you wish you had sooner. And I can promise you, you're going to elevate your brand instantly. That's amyporterfield.com forward slash voice guide. Okay. So before we go into the stages, you first need to pick your star platform. So will it be a podcast or maybe videos or a written blog series You could do guest blogging, or you could interview different influencers, but I really do believe that either a podcast or a video show are going to be the most powerful here. So first of all, with a podcast, I know I'm biased, but I really do believe that it's one of the last frontiers out there that is not yet affected by algorithms, and People are still finding you organically on a podcast, and I really do believe that I'm reaching a larger audience than I ever would be able to with, let's say, just a written blog. So I am a big fan of podcasts, plus the ease of use is a big one. So I know many of you take me on the subway or to the gym or I'm running errands with you or cleaning your house with you or whatever it might be. I'm a busy girl. But I know that many of you take me along with you so that you could be doing one thing while listening to the podcast. And I think with how we operate today, that's incredibly valuable. So the ease of use is a huge perk. But I know not everybody is a good fit for a podcast. And so if I had to choose something different, I'd probably choose video, which you all know if you follow me religiously, that that's saying a lot for me because I'm not a huge fan of video. I don't necessarily love to see myself on video and do video. However, I'm coming around. That's going away because I've been doing more and more video with Facebook Live. So I would either choose podcast or a video in order to create consistent content. Now, although written blogs are still effective, from what I've seen and what I've experienced and where I think things are going, I do believe you'll get more traction with, let's say, a podcast or a video blog. So we're just talking about your star platform. And even if you weren't promoting in a launch, you still need to kind of figure that out. So I just wanted to spend a quick little moment here talking about the fact that you do need to choose your star platform. Now, once you have chosen your platform, you'll pick your supporting player. And by supporting player, I mean one other way that you're going to get content out there. And the supporting player usually plays a part with social media. So for me, it's Facebook Live. And quite honestly, for you, I'd love it to be Facebook Live as well. Now, why I say that is because what we've seen with Facebook Live, the fact that Facebook is pushing these videos out into the news feed beyond anything else you post. And the fact that you can grab an audience instantly or they can watch your replay. And also, we know that with social media in general, video is where it's at. Now, if you already have an audience on Periscope, by all means, use Periscope. But if you're not there yet, I would just focus on Facebook Live. So now you have two different platforms where you can get your content out there consistently your star platform, and then your supporting player. So we're good with the platforms. If you're struggling with trying to figure this out, look at what you're selling, how your audience best consumes information, and where you are with your business. I think all of those factors play a part in what you decide, but I also think the insights that I've just shared here will get you started in the right direction. Okay, now we're going to go into the three stages of content for your next promotion, the before, during, and after stages. Okay, so let's look at those three stages. Stage number one is the buildup, and this is before a launch, the time before your cart actually opens. Now, here you want to give your best start where they stand content. What I mean by that is you want to kick the conversation off at the point where your audience is currently at as it relates to your overall focus? What are they currently thinking and feeling as it relates to your content? So as an example, I have a student in my Courses That Convert program, and his name is Nathan. And Nathan is looking to launch a beekeeping apprentice course. Now, he may start with content around why beekeeping is so beneficial to the environment, because he is appealing to a unique audience that cares deeply about the community and sustaining the bee population. He knows where his audience is starting out. He knows what they're thinking, what they're feeling around the topic. So he starts the conversation there. Now, one thing you don't want to do is start the conversation way ahead of your audience, because when you do that, There's a whole lot of explaining and convincing that needs to happen, which at that point feels a little bit aggressive, a little bit salesy, even if you're not selling anything. And this is not the phase where we want that to come through. So instead, we're easing into things. You also might want to talk about yourself, who you are, and most importantly, why that matters to your audience, why you're teaching what you're teaching. Now, the best way to do this is through stories telling stories about why you teach what you teach and how you got here usually allows you to keep things entertaining and interesting without being too self-serving. So I think it's important to share some of yourself in the buildup, stage one, but I also think you need to be really careful not to make it all about you. And then finally, you want to build a little anticipation. Your core outcome is to create a buzz around what's to come the unveiling of your new course. So you can tease it a little bit. You can talk about what's inside and how you've been working on this topic or that topic because it's coming out in your upcoming course, however you want to position it, but you're just a tease here. You're not getting into details. You're not selling anything. You're literally starting the conversation. Now, I like to get out in front of my launch as much as possible. So for me, if I could do a month's worth of content before I ever start talking about people signing up for my webinar or my video series or whatever it might be for the launch, then I am golden. Now, to be quite honest, I'm really happy if I get out in front of it like for two weeks of content because we all know around launching time, it's really stressful and it's hard to get really in front of things. But my goal is always to try to start a month in advance. And we've done that for sure. One thing that you could do during this stage is you could create a freebie, like a free guide or a free cheat sheet or whatever that might be. So as you're talking about content and you're talking about the content of where they're starting, you can also offer a freebie, which one, helps you grow your list, and two, helps you identify who is genuinely interested in this topic, So my goal for you is get out in front of this as early as possible. Make it a goal of four weeks before you start to talk about a webinar or a video series or whatever to launch, create at least four weeks of content. And again, if you only do two weeks and that's a good starting point, but then next time maybe do three weeks and after that four weeks, but getting out in front of it makes a huge difference. Now, at this point, I need to mention how important it is that you are creating consistent content before you do any of these three stages. What I mean by that is that it's not going to work if you never post on your blog, if you hardly ever do a podcast episode or you never do videos, so there's no original content out there consistently from you. And then all of a sudden, you do two weeks of the before content, a lot of weeks of the during your launch content, and then you do some follow-up after a launch, and then you go away again. So that is not okay. The way content works today is that you have to be consistent. And then when you get really deliberate with a strategy like this, the before, during, and after content for a launch, then it really works well. So if you've struggled with consistent content and you definitely know it's something where you need to focus, I want to encourage you to listen to episode number 122. It's called Get Your Content House in Order. And at the time that this episode goes live, we're moving into 2017 soon. And there's no better time than right now to figure out how are you going to start creating content every single week. I know that might sound daunting to some of you right now, but it is very important and very doable. So if you need a little tough love and a little extra support around creating consistent content, after you listen to this episode and you really understand these three stages, I want you to go directly over to episode number 122. So just go to amyporterfield.com forward slash 122. And you can listen to that episode to help you get started in the right direction. We are online marketers, which means we have unique needs. And there are so many options out there for paid media. Sometimes it's hard to figure out where should you go to reach your ideal audience. But here's the thing. Have you thought about LinkedIn ads? all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash made easy now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in that shopify.com slash made easy. Okay. So now that I said that I'll jump off my soapbox. I get pretty passionate about that. I'm going to move on to stage number two. So we've already talked about stage number one, which is all about starting where they are currently standing. What are they thinking and feeling right now? That's where you start the conversation and you ease into eventually selling something to your audience. But we're not selling anything in stage one. We're building a connection, we're starting a conversation, we're getting their mind around a new topic or opportunity that maybe they haven't been thinking of in this type of way that you're explaining. So we're just setting the stage. The earlier you get in front of it, the better. Let's all shoot for at least a month of really specific content before we go into stage 2. So let's talk about stage 2. Okay, so stage 2 is the action stage and this is the time during your launch. So during this stage, you are going to open the cart. For me, the cart doesn't open right away. So in stage 2, I use content to get people to sign up for my webinar, and then once I do my first live webinar, then the cart is open. So you need to figure out what that's going to look like for you. If you're doing a three-part video series, then you might use content to get people to sign up for the three-part video series, but your cart doesn't open until usually the fourth video, which is the selling video. So in this stage, the cart will open at one point or another. Now, you are using your content to drive folks to your core marketing effort. So like I mentioned, for me, it would be to sign up for one of my free webinars. For you, it might be to watch your multi-part video series that's going to sell people into your program. Whatever it might be, you definitely need that marketing vehicle that will drive folks into learning about the content, learning about your program, and wanting to buy Now, every content piece you put out should work in concert with your course theme. So in stage one, if we were being a little bit more broad and we were starting our conversation where our audience is starting, in stage two, you're getting more specific, where you are having a specific conversation that is directly aligned with what it is you are eventually going to sell. So for example, if you're teaching how to throw the ultimate kid party, so entertaining with Emily is a business from one of my students inside my course, then you could do content around one core element that you teach in the course. So we're really bringing that alignment home here. So for example, Emily might develop a piece of content that is around putting together goodie bags. And inside her course, she goes into specific detail around this, but it's okay to use some of your course content in stage two. If there's any time to use it, it would be stage two. Now, what I like to do is if I take a piece of content from my course and I teach it, I typically save some of the stuff inside my course for inside my course, meaning I don't give it all away Or when I teach it, I might put a different spin to it in my free content than I do inside my course. So there's usually some differences, but still the content is the content. I am teaching a piece of content for free in stage two that you can find inside my course. And I think that's totally fine because what people are paying for when they ultimately buy your online course is they're paying for the roadmap the whole shebang put together where you show them step-by-step how to get results. So taking one piece out of it is not going to ruin what people are paying for. Now for Nathan, our beekeeper, he could use some case studies of folks who recently became a beekeeper with no prior knowledge and how much they love it and how it's changed their lives and what it looks like for them. So case studies in this stage speak volumes because people will be on the fence and they want to know how others have had success. So you can use case studies right before the cart opens, or they're really powerful when the cart is open as well. And you could do a podcast episode all around one of your students who's had amazing success. You could do a written blog post. You could do a video interview with them. There's so much you can do. But what I want to hit home here is the content in stage two is directly related to the content inside of your program. So we've elevated the conversation in stage two. So for me, I usually create a podcast episode that drills down into one of the tips that I'm going to share in my upcoming webinar. So for example, when I launched the free webinar for Courses That Convert, I touched on pricing your course in the webinar. But to get people to sign up for the webinar, I did a podcast episode that really went deep into how to price your next online course. For those of you who are curious, it's episode number 107. So episode 107 is all about how to price your next online course. Now, as I mentioned, inside my course, I teach how to price your course and On my podcast episode, I went deep on this topic. There are tons of similarities, but that's one little snapshot on my podcast versus the whole shebang inside my course and where pricing fits into your roadmap. So remember, in your course, they're paying for the roadmap. Take them on the journey step-by-step to get the results that you promised. So I'm just giving you a little snapshot in that podcast episode. Now, another strategy that could work during this stage is a multi-day challenge. I haven't done it yet. I definitely want to do a challenge in 2017, so it's on the docket to build out, but I've seen challenges popping up everywhere this year. And if you follow Jasmine Starr of Insta 180 or Jen and Jada of Simple Green Smoothies, or Zach Spuckler of Heart Soul Hustle, then you've heard and seen The Power of Challenges. I'll eventually do a dedicated podcast episode around challenges, probably around the time that I'm creating my own. But until then, Zach teaches challenges, and I'll link to his stuff in my show notes at episode number 136. So he does a really good job of breaking down a five-day challenge and turning that into a five-figure launch. So he's one to watch if you want to learn how to do it. Jasmine and Simple Green Smoothies actually do launches in their businesses. So you could go on Instagram and see some old post of how they unveiled their challenges and got people involved. So some really great resources for you there. Now, the reason why I bring up challenges in stage two is that they have a direct connection with you selling. Where stage one, we're setting the stage, we're easing into it. Stage two, we're getting closer and closer to closing the sale and we're opening the cart in stage two. So what I've seen with challenges is they lead directly into either a webinar where you sell, or they lead directly into a three-part video series where you sell, or they lead directly into the cart is open by now. So they're directly related to buying, and so that's why they fit really nicely in stage two. So what's important to note for content creation to fuel a launch is that timing is everything. In stage one, you want them to think, this is interesting, hmm, tell me more. And you want them to think, this person really knows their stuff, and they really get me and where I am now and where I want to go. So I'm going to keep listening. That's what you want people to think about in stage one. In stage two, you want to use the content that will get your audience to raise their hands and say, I want this. I want to learn more. I want to dive in deeper. I'm very interested. Ultimately, I'm ready to buy. So that's what you're doing in stage two. So now let's ease on in to stage three. Stage number three is the follow-up. This is the time after you launch. So your cart is now closed. And you might be thinking, why am I creating brand new content after the launch? The cart's now closed. What's the point? But this is a crucial time because one of the most powerful things about launching is that you've been building up your email list in a very short period of time. That means you have a lot of new leads on your email list. Now, some of those leads have hopefully become your new buyers, And for your new buyers, my hope is that you will create what I call a new member onboarding sequence. And a new member onboarding sequence is a series of emails that you write over a period of time that you send out to your new buyers to keep them engaged. To keep them on the right track, to make sure they're diving into your program, they're actually doing the work and getting results. So, the new member onboarding sequence is a whole different ballgame. I talk about it inside my courses that convert program in module five for any of my students. That's a whole other conversation. But what I wanna to talk to you about here is what do you do about these new leads that you've attracted, but they haven't actually bought yet? Now, people don't buy for many reasons during a launch. One of those reasons is that maybe they need more information, and another reason is that maybe they need some more trust, meaning they want to get to know you even more before they're ready to buy. And because of that, it is so important that you continue to reach out to them on a weekly basis after the launch. So my argument is that after a launch, your content creation is almost as important as actually putting out content to get new buyers to buy your product. Because these people that haven't bought yet, they've seen your product. They've maybe even been on your webinars. They've watched your videos. They've been engaged with you and they're interested. They're still there. They're just not ready to buy. So what I want to encourage you to do is start creating free, valuable content for them on a weekly basis. And essentially, they just become part of your general email list that you're reaching out to weekly. Now, remember, that's why I created episode 122, how to get your content house in order, because the whole goal is finding ways to create original content through a podcast, blog post, videos, even Facebook live sessions. You want a way to get your original content out there, and you need a reason to email your list every single week and say, look, I've got something great for you. This is also a really good time to take people behind the scenes, maybe show them your workspace or how you do what you do or introduce them to your world in one way or another, because you really want to focus on building that relationship. So the next time you launch, they're ready. They're all in. I can't tell you how many people have been on my list for over a year before they actually buy. I do some really serious work in creating content for them and taking them behind the scenes with me and building a relationship before they're ready to buy. So that's why you can't miss stage three, which is the follow-up. And it's all about creating consistent content. Now, there's an opportunity to go wider here with your content, So maybe you want to interview someone to add some more examples and context to your previous conversation so that you're not the only one that is moving the conversation forward. You're bringing in some experts or some people that are really aligned with your messaging and you're interviewing them on your podcast or on your blog or whatever. Or maybe you want to do a roundup of some of the best facts and figures that you've collected along the way related to your niche or maybe you want to do some kind of list post where you're listing out five ways to XYZ, whatever it might be. There's so many different things you can do with your content, but now's the time to start putting together that content calendar so that you know you have something new every single week. Again, listen to episode 122 if you haven't yet already, because I definitely take away some of that stress of feeling like, oh my gosh, that's a lot of work, a lot of content. We talk about that in episode 122 for sure. But the goal in stage number three is to broaden their horizon on your topic, also keep them engaged and strengthen your relationship with them. So, remember, I told you what people should be saying when they're in stage one with you and stage two? Well, in stage three, you want people to say, wow, she is my go to person, or he is my go to person. When I need to know about XYZ, I always go to Amy or whoever it might be. So you want to become that go-to person for them as it relates to your niche or your area of expertise. And the way you do that is after a launch, you keep that content creation really strong and you find new ways to get content to them so that they can get to know you and your message. So that is what stage three is all about. So there you have it. Hopefully you found these different stages valuable, especially because I wanted to give you some examples, real life examples of how you can apply them. Now to give you even more examples of what content to use in each stage, I created a sample three-stage content marketing plan, and I want you to use it to model your own three-stage plan for your content for your next launch. So to get your hands on this, all you need to do is go to amyporterfield.com forward slash one, three, six download. So that's amyporterfield.com forward slash one, three, six download, or text the phrase one, three, six download to the number three, three, four, four, four. The final thing I want you to be aware of is this, what you do for one promotion does not mean it is set in stone. I'm always changing up my content promotion structure. I'm figuring out new ways to deliver content. I'm finding out more about you, my audience, what you need, what you want. So allow this to be fluid and flexible. But what I always come back to are these three stages. And I think that's the important part that you really want to understand in this episode. And then you can play around with the kind of content that works for you and your audience in each of the stages here's what I'm always thinking about. What's the content journey I want to take you on? So if I'm promoting webinars that convert, where do I want to start? Where do I want to build up to? And ultimately, where do I want to end up? And then how do I follow all that up for those who are not ready to buy my program, but they're interested in the topic? So that's kind of how I look at it. Okay. Thanks so much for tuning in. And I cannot wait to connect with you again soon. Bye for now.